Slice Audio. Good morning. What's up, dog? Okay. Citizens arise. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, last night in class, we learned about CIT. Yeah. Have you been through the training? Mm. Uh, I haven't been through the actual full-scale training, but I've watched it happen. Uh-huh. And it's actually really cool because they, they bring in actors. Yes, that's what they said. Uh, they bring in actors to play the part of you know somebody either going through crisis or a mental issue or you know because mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to ask a cop to play that. Well, a cop is going to be thinking like a cop, right? Yep. And so if you can bring in somebody from you know a different profession or skill set to to come in and and you know play that role. You know they can they can really keep it random like it should be, or right. throw the officers curveballs in the way that an officer deals with a, a situation where somebody is in crisis. And so, crisis intervention training or CIT has been a big movement in the world of law enforcement. The idea that uh, you know you come into a situation you know, wanting to de-escalate it instead of you know coming into a situation and barking orders uh, right mm-hmm. off the bat. Okay. Yeah. So Tasha, your girlfriend's in class. Do you use this on her? <laughs> no, I haven't had to. So <laughs> do you use it on yourself? Uh, sometimes I have to. Yeah. CIT comes in hand when she's like, "What outfit should I wear?" Oh my gosh, my hair is horrible. I don't know what to do. You know, hey, yeah. h- honey, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's- what I want you to uh, breathe with me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just calm down. Look. The funny thing is, babe, is you're, you're getting upset, and everything you put on looks so amazing. See? It just depends what you want to wear. D- so no. did, did you learn this <laughs> in your time at Detox? Yes, I did. Do, okay. I did oh. do some CIT training. So it's like, hold on. Hey, stop. Just shh. It's okay. Breathe with me. Take it easy. It's okay. Let's talk about this. What's going on? I can't help you unless you tell me what's wrong. See? I immediately feel calmer and more at peace i'm feeling a little outnumbered here (laughs) (laughs) because you're the reason we need cit that's fine fine. as long as you got my back you're either the the uh person giving cit or you're not and you know who you are That no. probably wouldn't be me. No, no it would be. I'd probably be more on their level. Yeah. Like when they teach the class, I'd be like, so is this for me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to freak out with you. <laughs> ah, let's all run around. Well, and- I could be the actor. Yeah, yeah. Or just the person. Well, you could be the actress. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact, we were, uh, us and the sheriff's office were the first agencies in South Dakota to actually incorporate CIT into our training regimen. And uh, now, uh, across the world of law enforcement, you're starting to see that it's become the norm. So we were kind of on the cutting edge of it. And people are copying the cool cops. Yeah. Well, and and you met Captain Olson last night, who who told you all about it. And that that was kind of his pet project was was uh, bring bringing that back to the department. Oh goodness. (laughs) Oh no. We need some CIT right now. She's a little excited. Was he good looking? Maybe a little bit. John, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, so what else did you guys do last night? Um, we got to put the headphones on and hear what it's like to be... Oh, the voices. Yes. Yes. You kind of got to see it from the other perspective of somebody who might you know, be a good uh, person to utilize CIT with. Uh, somebody who's constantly, you know... Uh, hearing voices. Hearing voices and struggling between reality and what's in their head and you got a feeling for just how confusing that is and how uh how hard it can be to focus on real things that are happening 
in that moment, right? Yes, they had us put the headphones on and hear the voices, and then they told us the story, and then we had to answer questions <laughs> that mm-hmm. were about the story, and it was hard. I was like, well, I don't know any of these. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be difficult. Yeah. yeah. So did they actually talk with the voices that are really in your head, or...? Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> it See, was rough, man. <laughs> I got so many voices in my head, I'm just like, add another one, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pull the fader down on that one. You know, uh, an officer responding to a person in crisis, you know, has no idea what sort of struggles they're facing or personal uh, things that they have going on in their life. And they have to just be open to looking for the signs of distress or, you know, trying to come into that situation, uh, assess what's going on, and then, you know, adapting their de-escalation tactics based on what the behavior they're seeing from that person. Yeah, hmm. and then we learned about different levels of self-defense yeah. when it comes to being a police officer. Yeah, so uh, some people would call that like the use of force continuum, you know, the different you know levels of force. Yeah, that's a good study too. And so, you know, as... You know, people in law enforcement, we when we go into a situation, we want to get there. We're problem solvers. We want to resolve the the situation as efficiently as we can. And so that's where, you know, some of the CIT tactics come in. You know, can we resolve this situation by just talking? That's, you know, ultimately one of the best case scenarios that we can have. Fortunately, we live in a day and age where people, you know, it's kind of normalized to go on the fight with officers. And so officers have to know how to defend themselves and, uh, you know, the best ways to do it so that they can keep themselves safe, but also, you know, mitigate injury to the other person. Because really the focus is just getting them into compliance, possibly getting them into custody in a position where they can no longer pose a threat to others, or the officer, or themselves. Yeah. Mm. And Officer Holt, he did the discussion about this. And a couple years ago, there was two girls at South Middle School Mm -hmm. here in Rapid City Mm -hmm. that got into a fight. Yes. And there was video all over social media about how he punched this girl. Mm -hmm. But really, that wasn't the whole story. No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, you bring up a good point. In this day and age, we live in a a very video-centric world where, you know, somebody can capture seven seconds of an encounter and spin their own narrative about it. Well, <clears throat> we don't really know what led up to the confrontation that we we saw in that video, but really what had happened is you have one middle school girl violently assaulting another middle school girl. And so Officer Holt just happened to be in the area doing you know some school zone patrol. I mean, he can't see that and then not intervene as an yeah. officer. Yeah. Because you've got an innocent victim that's being assaulted, and so you have to identify the, we call it the predominant aggressor, you know, the person who you started it, right? And so he used the use of force, you know, escalating use of force. First, in the video, you hear him say, stop it, get off her, like the, the verbal commands, and then when that's not working, then he has to physically intervene and try and pull him apart. And so that wasn't working, and the, uh, the assault was ongoing. So you, then you have to elevate your use of force to maybe a physical thing. And so one of the big things that we can do is, you know, distractive techniques. If I give Brandon a punch in the gut, he may lose focus on, you know, whatever he's dealing with at that moment to then deal with that. And so... You be like, oof, oh, I better stop, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And so that's exactly what happened. He was able to, you know, use a small little, I guess you would call it a love tap, to distract this one, this predominant aggressor female 
from assaulting the other one long enough to, to separate them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, police work sometimes is hard to watch. And, you know, the idea of a grown man having to hit a 13 year old girl, you know, on the surface, it's hard to, to understand. But when you have a little bit more context of why he's doing it to protect mm-hmm. uh, an innocent bystander, someone who's trying just trying to get away from the assault, then you have to ask, well, what what's going on in the 13 year old girl's world? that she thinks it's okay to, you know, violently attack another person. And it could have been so much worse. She could have been maced. She could have been tased. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this is this is why we train defensive tactics on a regular basis is so that we, we know how to adapt, you know, our response to the situation that results in the, the least amount of physical injury possible mm-hmm. and as much physical encounter as it takes to resolve this situation because as soon as you get that compliance then you then you ease ease back on the use of force yep i suppose i relate it uh, something like that to you know you guys training and kind of what we're going to be going through is a lot like sports like when i coach baseball i always talk to the kids about muscle memory right mm-hmm. you want to have that muscle memory so when that ball is hit to you say you're playing third or short right you know that I'm going to throw this ball to first. So what is my body going to do? I have to react in split seconds. Mm-hmm. I have to react in a in a very heat. Everybody's watching me. How am I going to react? Well, it's all muscle memory. It's all training that you've worked on. Because if this is your first grounder, your chances are pretty slim you're going to get that ball to first. Mm-hmm. And so you relate it to a situation like this. You know, it's hard to train and say, well, today I'm going to work on training splitting up 13-year-old girl fights, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, it, but it's it's a situation. It's like this is your training you've worked on for years, and you got to keep up on it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I went through a class 15 years ago. I'm good. No. It's like you guys got to work on that constantly. Same with any sport mm-hmm. or anything, really. It's that muscle memory. What's going to happen in the heat of the moment you really – fall back on your training or what you've been taught and how to do things. Absolutely. You know, this training is vitally important because, you know, it helps our officers be able to go home at the end yeah. of the day. What happened in Minnesota, you know, with the, the knee on the <laughs> on the neck? That, is that something that's not in the training or is it? Correct. We don't train uh, chokeholds or anything that would uh, cut off blood between the head and the rest of the body because we do understand, you know, how dangerous it is. We only utilize that in a uh, life or death situation if we have to. It's not a normal restraint technique. And I think what we saw in Minnesota is, you know, exact opposite of what we train our officers because as soon as you gain that compliance, as soon as the person's, you know, stops struggling or fighting you, then you let off. Then you, then you uh, step back. Okay. But in that mm-hmm. case, that officer decided to keep the same level of force even when the person stopped moving or stopped struggling, and that's just that's not the way it should happen. Yeah. So our city here admit that that was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That was a murder that we saw. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was an mm-hmm. awful thing to to be in law enforcement. And see that video and see everything that went wrong in that, uh, you know, 13 minutes or however long it was, uh, interaction, you know, by a police officer. And it's hard to watch. It's hard for me to still watch, even knowing everything that went into it after watching the trial and everything. But that's not that's uh, if anything, it's a it's a learning moment that other law enforcement agencies can look at and be like, yeah, this is what happens. And this is why we train not to do this. Mm hmm. It's nothing but a tragedy uh, when you reflect on what happened in Minnesota. Yeah. 
So it's really it's really neat to go and, and learn about all of this every week and, and, and understand. You know, hopefully Brandon makes it in one of these days. I've been watching Top Gun uh, <laughs> a lot to, to prepare myself for these kind of trainings. But, yeah, you remember in Top Gun? Do you guys remember Top Gun? And they show up in all the classes, and they're like, you are here to be structured. Yes, sir! And all that stuff. That's what I want to do. Okay. I, I just appreciate the foreign relations that we see in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They, because I was inverted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you never seen Top Gun? Oh, yeah, I have. But oh, yeah. I guess but I, you were watching something else. In a else. different perspective. You were just watching the part where they were playing volleyball. That's exactly. it. <laughs> that, that girl in my mind, who was the actress on Top Gun? Sigourney Weaver? I have no, no. idea. No. Oh, my gosh. I have no, no idea. I know but for a fact it wasn't Sigourney In my memory, she was way hotter. And then I watched the movie not too long ago, and I'm like, huh. She's not ugly. By no means is that girl ugly. She's I gorgeous. Figure out what her but name But she's not as pretty as I remember her when I was a child. But if you watch the Val Kilmer documentary, oh, yeah? Goose hooked up with her, oh. not Tom Cruise. But in real life, Goose hooked up with her. Yeah. Good for him. He yeah. was giving her the goose to gander. He was. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Fill my goose feathers, huh? My down-filled feathers. Fill these. Oh, okay. Sorry. How did we get here? I, it's I don't my know. fault. It is my fault. Uh, he, he died in that movie, and he still came away a winner, I guess. Yeah, yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Sure did. Yeah. yeah, and I hope you're having fun with it oh, so definitely. far. And yeah. Brandon, hopefully we can get you in soon. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> sorry. I'd like to <laughs> be in We're just going to keep signing you up for things. I'm going to show up when it's cool to do the high-speed pursuit. Yeah, well, last no, night we, <laughs> we said that we would be tasing you, so well, be ready for that. Just give me a warning so I can make sure I kind of... I don't want to soil myself. Well, that's the only thing. The, that's the rule is when you miss three classes, you, you get tased. Yep. I better show up mm-hmm. next week. Then. <laughs> we we know how to find you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we yeah. going to learn about next week? You guys get to go to detective school. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll have a couple of our uh, detectives there to kind of walk you through the process, what investigations is all about, how it differs from normal patrol work. And it'll actually be taught by, you know, a couple of our uh, high-ranking detectives, uh, some of our very experienced detectives who have been working some of the more violent crimes that we've been seeing in our city lately. So I'm sure you guys will get to hear some great stories. I better wear my detective outfit. Are we going to be able to pat down an individual? I need to learn how to pat down a female in in case I need to search, you know, her First, for certain things, can we bring our significant others in just to make sure it's okay? I I would uh, I would refer you to Sergeant Mosier on that question. I'm going to bring my magnifying glass because don't detectives use those? They have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't see many magnifying glasses on the desks of our de- detectives huh. anymore. But fingerprint you know, kits. Maybe we can get you a fedora too. Yes, yes, and a trench coat. Uh-huh. That'd be so see, awesome. This is this is well, what I like. We'll go. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Tracy. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Oh, I love Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so that'll be half of the class. And then the other half will be talking about, you know, the current state of policing in, in re- reference to body worn cameras mm. and how important those are for the job that we do. You know how hard it is no matter what your job is, even if you've done it for years and all of a sudden your supervisor is looking over your shoulder and you don't even know how to check your email. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? Because they're just right there. That's how they've got to constantly feel with a camera on them. Everything can be reviewed. Everything can Mm -hmm. be judged or seen. Everything they do. I mean, 
that's a it's a thing they have to probably another obstacle they have to get over. Do, yeah. do you guys ever get video of them like picking their nose or anything like that? Typically, no, not really, because 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 it's all facing outwards, right? Okay, <laughs> but. You it's know, a POV. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> I guess if you have to pick your nose, you, you can be safe from having the camera get or just it. The, you just catch the flick. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, the rolling and yeah, the, the flick. Yeah, the rolling and the flick. Yeah, and they're they, like, what was that, officer? <laughs> that, that, that was a booger, Captain. That was a, <laughs> that was a booger. <laughs> that was a booger. Oh, can't wait to ask that question. Yeah. So, you know, to, to address your question, or uh, your what you brought up, you know, there was a little bit of apprehension on the front end when we were implementing the body worn camera. Yeah. Actually, now our officers have grown to love them. They are yep. a great Jackson. tool for their own protection. Yeah. You know, there are people out there that don't particularly care for their interactions with the police or having the police called on them. Or, you know, the way in which police have to resolve a situation. Sometimes, you know, perspectives get in the way. It could be a crisis moment for that person. That person could be not acting like themselves. And they can be actually the ones escalating a situation when the officer is just there to de-escalate it. From their perspective, they might feel like the officer is in the wrong and might, you know, try to file a complaint on the officer. And now it's super easy to go in and review that officer's actions you just pull up the body-worn camera from the, the particular incident. Supervisor can review it in 10 minutes and call the person back and say, hey, you were actually kind of acting a little unruly, and our officer was nothing but professional. And if you want to come down and watch the video for yourself, you're more than welcome to do it. Yeah, that wow. does. We, uh, when I drove truck for, for a while there, they put cameras in the truck as well. Mm -hmm. And it gave us a break on insurance because we had one camera shooting out in front of us mm -hmm. that caught like the hood and, and the fenders and everything and forward. And then another camera shooting back at us. Mm -hmm. So like if something was to happen, an accident, they could see us. What were we doing? Were mm -hmm. we distracted with our phone? Were we looking down, looking back? What were we doing in the accident? And mm -hmm. And I mean, thankfully, that never happened. I was never in a situation, but the it, it was nice to know. At first, it was apprehensive. It was like, what? I don't want you guys watching me. Everything. I mean, I pee in bottles if I have to. You know, and it's like <laughs> I don't want you guys catching that. That's not true. I do that anyways. But uh, <laughs> but it's like you know, it, it was more of a to help you, not to not to sit there and they're not sitting there watching. No, you know what it, I mean. We, it's not a live camera that they're watching at home. You know, it's more like if an incident happens, it records said incident, or they can go back and review it mm -hmm. if something was to happen. But it it was more for our benefit, and it was kind of nice to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's accountability for everybody. You know, we didn't have any concerns about, you know, our our officers, you know, doing the wrong thing or doing stuff that they weren't supposed to because that would come out anyway. What it is is it's just another tool to ensure accountability for the situations that we get into, that we're called to assist with, and the people that we uh, are called to either help or hold accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. okay. And one final question. Where's the donuts that you were supposed to bring? Oh, man, I knew you were going to oh, call me on it. that as soon Cuff as I them? walked in. As soon as I walked in, I was like, you know what's not in my hand? I forgot to get donuts. So <laughs> Cuff them and that, stuff them. <laughs> once again, personal accountability. I will I will take this one. This is, hey. this is my bad. Now you owe us hey, two look. dozen. Hey, guys. Stop. Breathe. It's okay. We can come down from this situation and we can all come together and go get donuts 
on our own time together. Did we just have um, our first fight? Let's <laughs> settle down, bring ourselves in here just a little bit, and uh, Brandon, go get us donuts. And then, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, did we just have our first fight? I think so, but, you know, Brandon actually mitigated that very well. He did. And yeah. he showed an excellent use of CIT. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, Brought us you full circle. Over on us. Yeah, the old Jedi mind trick. The judo, the vocal judo. Wow! I will get you donuts when you are available. Oh my goodness! If you could just see him. Uh, I will try to get uh, give you a heads up on what you guys are going to be dealing with. Cool. Okay, sounds good. Can't Thanks. wait. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah, we, lo- we love you. We love, love you. Yeah, we all love you too. But well, thanks. Yeah, thank you. We we love you guys. I feel like love we've you done this already. I know. Citizens Arrest is hosted by Amy Rose, Brandon Jones, Brendan Medina, and Lieutenant Mosier. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment. Yeah,